Good morning, Mike Broomhead. Good morning, Jamie. Are you going to say it? Are you going to say it? Happy Friday. That's what I've been waiting for. <laughs> it's officially the weekend. It's like Santa it Claus. It's like Santa Claus at the end of the parade at the Macy's parade. It it's doesn't exactly officially start. Right. So, uh, are you great I weekend? would probably fit well in that red suit right now. <laughs> are you? Um, are you uh, got big weekend plan? I plan to be off through Monday. Oh, good for, for you, President's Day. That's right. We have Monday off. I forgot. Now I'm even happier about the weekend. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, I hope you have a beautiful weekend. Me it's supposed too. to be gorgeous. And I do, too. I hope hope you have a great one as well. Thanks, Jamie. Good morning, everyone. Busy morning on the show. We've got a great lineup of guests coming up very quickly, 835. So about 20 minutes from right now, Clint Hickman will join us. He is with the County Board of Supervisors. He was the president of the board, board president for a while, and chairman, I should say, for a while. But he has decided he's not running for another term after serving for over a decade. We're going to talk with Mr. Hickman about that decision and what it means and what he thinks about the county moving forward. Um, at 9.05, Tom Horn, the superintendent of public instruction with a brand new partnership with Dr. Oz and what that will mean for health and wellness of students in public schools. And then at 9.35, we are going to talk to a sergeant with the Phoenix Police Department's heat unit, which is human trafficking. We're going to talk about a big event in town, raising money and awareness for human trafficking and learn more about the dangers of how bad this actually is. We start off this morning with uh, a Wall Street economist warning about recession. The uh, chief economist for uh, Citibank or for Citigroup predicted on CNBC Thursday that the American economy is headed for a recession. He was citing what we've been talking about, which is inflation and credit card delinquencies. The consumer price index rose over 3.1% year over year in January, exceeding the predictions. Credit card delinquencies of 90 days or more have reached 6.36% uh, in the fourth quarter. Uh, they say that all of this is leading them to believe that we are heading that way and that we are not going to have the soft lending as hoped. The PPI, or the Producer Price Index, surged in January. So the narrative that we continue to hear, and the reason why I think the narrative is dangerous, it's not just that it's political. If we go back to the beginning of this inflation, the time of inflation that we had, um, there were warning signs going to the administration that the government needed to do something and address inflation very, very early. We were told across the board from the administration and all of the people that represent it, we were told, and I had never heard this term before. I'm sure it's an industry term they all know, but they called it transitory inflation. They said that it was going to tick up a little bit for a short time and then come crashing back down. We heard that over and over again. While economists like this from City, who have no political partisan ideas, were saying we are on a pathway to a serious increase in inflation. And they didn't listen until it was too late. And experts will tell you, just like um, addressing something like as serious as cancer, early detection, early intervention means the highest chance of a successful outcome and the less invasive the work or the treatment will be. Well, they didn't do it. They were warned and warned and warned and they didn't. So now what we've been hearing since this has been going on at one time, there was a war against the fossil fuel industry when the fuel for that, you know, the, the fuel that fuels American vehicles, diesel and gasoline prices were setting records, setting records for prices. They were blaming the fossil fuel industry for profiteering and price gouging. As a matter of fact, there were some members at the time, there were people that were running for the United States Senate that said, if we win, we're going to bring those, you know, those CEOs in and we're going to put them in jail. And so it was a, an, it was an assault on business, on the free market. 
Now it's been the grocery industry. The administration is going after the grocery industry. Now, I don't know that they've made it uh, clear whether they're talking about just the grocery stores that set prices based on what they pay for things or if it's the food growers that we know in the world. But either way, they're blaming the industry. So I say that to let you hear this. After a hotter than expected CPI, producer prices were expected to rebound very modestly, but continue to slow on a year-over-year basis in January. Instead, like the CPI, it accelerated uh, with headline rising 0.3% month over month, which left the PPI up 0.9% year-over-year. The picture was even worse under the hood when the PPI um, uh, uh, food and energy up 0.5%, half a percentage point. Food and energy trade up 0.6% month over month. So over half a percent. I bring this up because once again, I will tell you, we don't have high inflation because the people are living too well. We have high inflation because the government is living too well. Printing of money, borrowing of money. We are still borrowing money at a record pace. The government is continuing to grow. Uh, the House, now we're going to get into more of this later, but the House has not passed, it did not pass a budget. It did not pass a spending bill before they left for the recess. We've got a, we've got a government stoppage coming up, but at some point it's going to have to be addressed. More and more people are talking about it. Another part of this, um, just to add to that, is we are now seeing it cost more money to produce the goods, especially food and fuel that you and I utilize. So when you've got the two main things that people need, the third would be shelter. You've got food, fuel, and shelter all hitting very high marks. It's very expensive for all three. This is where the American people, in spite of the good job market, in spite of everything else, the average American consumer is still spending over $1,100 a month to live the same life they were living just a few years ago. And there aren't many people that in that time period have gotten a $13,000 raise, which means their quality of life is not as good as it was a few years ago. That to me is, that's a huge indicator of the American consumer. Credit card debt is crippling household economies. They are delinquent in credit card payments. We've seen delinquencies in um, automobile loans go up. So we are seeing the struggles of the average consumer. Now, what's interesting is the White House would tell you the problem is fees and all of these other things from private industry and private industry. And I'm not letting everybody off the hook. We understand that that happens. We've talked about, um, you know, what they charge, what ticket, what you pay for a ticket when you go online and use one of those ticket services and the crazy fees. We've seen all of that happen, but it's not just the private industry that does it. I mentioned this one. Go look at your cell phone bill. I, I do paperless, but you can still see the bill. Online, Go look at your cell phone bill and the taxes and fees that are attached. It's outrageous. It is huge. But now get this. How about this for a headline? Tax refunds are much smaller so far this year, according to the IRS. The average tax refund is 29% smaller this year, according to IRS data. So where's the gouging coming from? 
this is the question all of us should be asking. And I'm, I'm, I mean this respectfully to my friends on the other side of the aisle, the people that don't agree with me. At what point do we as Americans look at this and say, we are spending far too much money. A federal government is far too big. It is bloated. It is spending money at an alarming pace. We are spending more in tax dollars than we should. And the government is still borrowing money. It never seems to end. There's a story, and I think I printed it out. Here it is. This is a Wall Street Journal story. The U.S. government will soon spend more money on interest payments than it does on national defense. Higher Treasury yields snowballed into a $1.1 trillion of additional interest. The Treasury yields have sprung to multi-year highs, forcing the U.S. government to pay a lot more in interest and putting pressure on the budget. It's expected to pay an additional $1.1 trillion um, over, uh, in interest over the coming decade, according to the CBO. That's the Congressional Budget Office. All of this is pointing in the same direction. You've got Nike saying they're going to lay people off, which we hope. It is the hope that this is not going to be um, happening across all industries. Businesses are tightening their belt. It's costing more money for them to produce the goods and services that you and I consume. And yet we are complaining and believing that prices are going to go down. And that's not what's happening. What is happening is prices are going to go up. We have been watching this happen and then watching them blame everyone else. And this is a problem. We need to shrink the size of government. We need to stop printing and borrowing money at the federal level. You and I are paying much more in taxes on the interest that our government has borrowed. And yet Republicans and Democrats fight with each other uh, about things instead of all of us collectively saying we have our differences on how our money should be spent. But it's being wasteful, it is being redundant, and it is overspending and bloated. At what point do we all say to them, you have to rein it in? And so far we haven't, but I think that day is coming. I think there is a reckoning coming. I just hope it happens sooner rather than later. Coming up in a moment, Clint Hickman joins me. He's a supervisor with the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors. We'll talk about his reasons of why he is stepping away and not running for re-election. All that's coming up here in just a couple of moments. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. And thanks for being here. And what was a little bit of a bombshell yesterday, it was not necessarily unexpected by some, I guess, but it was uh, the timing of it. We weren't sure what was going on. But Clint Hickman, County Board of Supervisors, released a statement. I'm going to just read one little piece of it. Uh, But time is a valuable commodity. We use it. We never get it back. My family has been gracious and unselfish in supporting me as I've campaigned, served, and held town halls and breakfast with constituents, been part of early morning and late night meetings with county business, made decisions that brought significant attention and had profound impact. All things that come with public service. I'm proud of this period of my life, but I want more time with my family. Clint Hickman has made the decision not to run for the office again on the County Board of Supervisors in District 4. He joins us now. Uh, Clint, welcome back to the show. Beautiful day, Mike. So thank you very much for inviting me on. It's always great to talk to you on a Friday morning. You usually are a little more jubilant than, than most days. Yeah, you know, it's it, it it's uh it was it, it was something that when I read the the press release, it wasn't necessarily a surprise to me. But what goes into this decision? How long did you wrestle with this before you finally made the decision to step away? 
Uh, I've probably wrestled with it over the last year, Mike, uh, coming up into this. I knew what 2020 was like for me as, as chairman. Uh, when I when I made a chairman's address in 2020, it was elections, elections, elections. We have three of them, and here we and here we are uh, coming up to uh, three elections again. And it looks like the the top of the ticket is going to be the same same two guys. And the, and everybody's vision. The voters are always focused on on that top of the race. And uh, the the last time it led to some some craziness. And, uh, I, I wanted to be here, um, for, to run this Super Bowl two of elections, uh, the, the best, to the best of my ability and defend, defend our people and our processes and procedures. We've made mistakes, uh, at times, but it's, it's, you know, it makes it much easier for me, uh, coming up into an election, this, be sit, you know, be serving with those those these wonderful men on the board of supervisors, a recorder with Stephen Richer, um, and uh, you know Bill Gates, Jack Sellers, Steve Gardo, and and Tom Galvin. And this will be Tom Galvin's first time to really see how the county runs an election, and he's been he's been phenomenal getting prepared for this too. So my my thanks because I, I got great colleagues, love them. When you uh, look at what look back at what you've done at your time in office, what are some of the things? What do you? I, legacy is a strange word, but what do you look at and say? These are some of the things I'm most proud of that happened while I was here. Uh, well, I, I came coming in as a taxpayer friend. Uh, I said that in my opening speech. Uh, I think I've been that. We've we've sliced the property tax rate. We've made the county more efficient. Uh, Andy Kunasik, uh and the uh, board that was before me, uh, even the Jam Brewer got it started where this county uh, has no debt. I think this is the largest government in existence probably uh, for this county that has that features no debt. We pay as we go. We build buildings after we've saved for them. Uh, there's a bunch of new buildings that people can do their work in. We've been introduced new technology uh, to service. We've turned it into a gigantic customer service operation. Um, you never hear about uh, uh, restaurant inspectors coming in and or uh, or any type of inspector coming in and really hurting a business. The moratorium on the rules of regulations that I established in my first month still stays strong. It features stakeholder groups. Uh, and, and here's the big thing. I wanted to build more libraries than jails, uh, in just my district alone. There's three new libraries. We, we, uh, discontinued the Durango jail and uh, we've turned the jail into something totally different. Um, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy with that. And the last thing is being chairman during the pandemic and watching us grow the public health, uh, uh, unit. Uh, to be to be what it is now, we are the public health response. Um, I think <laughs> I think the state looked to us, uh, and the communities definitely did, and the and the cities looked to us for that response. Um, so I was I was really proud of uh, being there at the right place at the right time. People, I was taking the abuse even for that uh, yeah. back then, but the county, you know, this county stayed open for business. I got a lot of uh, support from people that wanted their businesses to stay open, and they and they did, and we lived through it. And honestly, Mike, I thought that was going to be the unifying factor for this entire country, where we had a common goal 
of defeating, you know, uh, a disease that we did not know of. And, um, and we came out and, uh, here we are, the, a huge economy, a thriving economy where people are not just walking to live here, they're running to live here. Uh, this, this county has grown by over half a million residents in just my term alone. And a lot of them are coming to the West side. Yeah. Uh, they're getting great housing product and they, and they and the jobs are here with manufacturing on the one hundred one and the three Oh three. Uh, I couldn't be happier with my term. And some, someday, someday people are going to look back at this and go, damn, he did what he said. And, 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 and the, and the, and the West Valley is better for it. Much less the County. Um, one thing, and before I let you go, one of the things that was left out of your statement was what happened in the wake of the election cycle. Um, people showing up at your house in the middle of the night in chicken costumes, uh, your life being threatened and someone being sent to prison for the threats against your life. Over 100 people in front of your home with your family inside. How much did that play a role in this decision, if at all, to decide you're not going to run again? Well, I'm I'm not going to give anybody the victory for poor behavior. I'm not going to say this guy's name that's uh, that still is has not checked into prison in Iowa. Uh, I'm not going to give anybody the benefit of the branding of that, like they think that that uh, this is scaring me out of a job. In fact, it's just poor behavior. It's juvenile behavior, and and I'm you know I'm raising kids, and I don't uh, you know I I deal with the behavior. Uh, sometimes I have to swallow it and uh and act at a different time but uh but the, sure it colored it's coloring it's coloring a lot of people good people now that i've asked to run good people that i would love to see provide public service by elected positions they're seeing this and they're staying away from public service in the elected roles much less you know working elections bad behaviors are driving the best and keeping them away from giving their service to this community, and um, but but they didn't drive me out. Um, they what drove me out is I think I've done enough, and uh, I I want to be here for my family. I have a, uh, a a grammar school. I have an eighth grader, a junior in high school, and a freshman in college. And uh, I I'm no I'm no longer going to miss that uh, those times. I didn't even get to go down and see a football game at U of A. And I, I graduated from there with my freshmen because of, because of some of these jobs. Well, I've got to tell you, Clint, uh, it, it, I appreciate your honesty and, and integrity in these issues. You're always coming forward when even when mistakes were made to clear them up or talk about them and face them head on. And I wish you well in what you do next. And I look forward to getting together with you outside of your capacity as a supervisor. And I wish you well. Hey, Mike, uh, put me on so we can start talking about what we're going to do uh, for the community. That's how I met you. Yep. And uh, I know we've got something big planned, and I can't wait to sit down and you give me more than one segment to talk about what well, we're going to be doing for the community. We'll get you in the studio, when I promise you we're going to do that in the near future. <laughs> okay, Mike, thanks for right. always – hey, thanks for always uh, having us on. I appreciate it. All right, man. That's Clint Hickman joining us for a few moments talking about his time ending at the County Board of Supervisors. Coming up, Gatos joins me in the Big Q Poll Question of the Day. The Gatos Big Q Poll Question, brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. 
Friday. Happy Friday, Gatos. Oh, good morning, Mike. How's it going over there? Good. I'm looking forward to the three-day weekend. Beautiful. Me too. Here's the cue. Are you ready to go? Ready to roll. All right. In Metro Phoenix, 25% of all office space is unused. Mm -hmm. So I want to know, where do you work? In the office, at home, hybrid between home and and office. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's pretty interesting because... You know, we've got all these buildings and there's not much going on in them. I wonder if we can take some of those buildings, make it into affordable housing. I I don't know if that's a possibility, but it sounds like a good idea. That's part of the zoning stuff people are talking about because things are zoned commercial or zoned residential. You can get a mixed zoning where you can get them zoned for both. Like big cities that have the ground floor with storefronts and then housing going up the building. That would be I think that hybrid would be a great idea and probably solve some problems. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people do the hybrid. I, I'm one of them. I do the hybrid. I work from home, and then I come in and I do the show. And um, you know, it seems like a, a pretty, a pretty decent trade off. But you know, not a lot of these offices are being used. So we'll see what they do with the 25. percent Yeah, it would be. Wouldn't it be weird though if we had people living in this building? It would be weird because I don't want to live next to you. I want to live all the way down the hall. I don't want to go anywhere near your room. You're a wise man, Gatos. Put us on opposite sides, please. Have a good weekend. (laughs) All right, see ya. All right, that's Gatos. And the Big Q poll question today is brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Coming up at 9.05, Tom Horn, Superintendent of Public Instruction, joins us to talk about a new wellness and health partnership in public schools. Stick around.